Well, thanks, Matt. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was kind of wild to meet him and just how God orchestrated us to connect uh, in the mall there in Champaign-Urbana. It's kind of funny because obviously, you know, me working for AT&T, him working for Verizon, it would be the unlikely pair to have a conversation, right? Because, you know, we have our our company's clothing on and all the emblems, and here we are chatting about Jesus. Uh, go figure. It's the one thing that brings people together, right? So we're so excited to be here this morning with you guys. We're excited, especially people online. I'll try and make sure that we look up at the camera so you guys can uh, be included in our conversation. We kind of want to just talk about what we do um, and what we feel like God uh, really has uh, placed on our hearts, especially here in Peoria. Um, for you guys, I was talking to the Lord this morning, and there's a, um, a little message from him for you guys. So we're just really excited to be here and talk about uh, what God's been doing in Mexico, how you guys will be partnering with us, and how you can partner with us, and what that looks like in the future. So um, I'm just going to invite the Holy Spirit again, if that's okay with you guys, just to have him here. I just love his presence, um, you know, in worship, when the worship team is just connecting with the raw essence of God and who he is. We can't jump into any service without him. So come Holy Spirit. Yeah, Lord, we just... We invite you here that we would open our hearts to what you have for us today, God, that that you would restore vision and calling in people's lives here. Father, as we talk about um, how we follow you and say yes to you, that you would come and partner with our yes, that you would stir hearts, that you would stir um, dreams and visions that people have had, Lord, that you would awaken anew in us this morning. Um, that we can partner with you on a daily basis and that every opportunity is a new opportunity to say yes to you and, and your leading. We thank you and praise you in Jesus name. Amen. Yeah. So I guess our story starts, uh, with my story. <laughs> like Matt said, I grew up in Muhammad, Illinois, and my parents are Jean and Paula Berrickman. You know them at all. She runs the Hope Center in, in Urbana there. And so they started attending that church when I was six months old, which happens to be 33 and a half years ago. <laughs> um, so I grew up in that church, and when I was 14 in 2002, there was a national conference, and there was an evening session, and they said, um, if you feel like God's calling you to full-time ministry as a career, come up for prayer. So I was 14, but I, I felt that, you know, and I, I thought as a 14-year-old, youth ministry, that would be the best, you know, because you see the connection there. And missions was like maybe in my brain somewhere, but definitely towards the back files. And so I went up for prayer, and the young lady who prayed for me, the first thing she said, and the only thing I remember that she said was a extremely simple prophetic word. She just said, does the word missions mean anything to you? And I physically felt a jolt to my body. I physically, you know, I felt something in my spirit that said, yes, yes. Missions means everything to me. I don't know why, but in this moment, I don't know what it means in the future. I don't know the hows, the whens, the, any of those details, but yes. So that's, that's where my yes to God started. And for me, it wasn't so clear. Um, I grew up uh, with the understanding from uh, being a baby and having someone prophesy over me that I was going to go into the ministry, but where, how, or what, not exactly. 
Um, so I went through life more just with my hands and heart open to saying yes to Jesus wherever he led me. Uh, and knowing that he's going to surround me uh, with the family or the people that I need and to go where he's called me. Uh, I didn't exactly expect it to look like that. You know, a lot of my friends in high school were planning what they're going to do. I actually applied uh, to a seminary in a Methodist church uh, down in Kentucky. And I decided later, even though they accepted me, not to go that way. So I went to junior college, and then I went on to Southern Illinois University in Carbondale, where I met this lovely lady. Um, and how I met her was she actually was teaching kids in another church how to hear God wearing a Mexico soccer jersey. And I said I wanted to get to know you and wanted to kind of talk to her, and she was like, get out of my class. Uh, and so she chased me off. Um, but I was always intrigued by... You were a little too old for my class. Uh, yeah, just a bit. Just a <laughs> bit. So, um, so yeah, so I... W- wasn't the typical thing, you know? Uh, but God orchestrated, um, my life to where when we started dating there in college, uh, God was like, yeah, you're gonna be a missionary. And I was like, nah, this is a joke. Uh, if you want to hear the full story, uh, I can tell you about that later. It's a pretty neat story. But an also interesting segue and a little bit of a connection to here in Peoria, we uh, started doing ministry together when we were just uh, dating uh, in a church, a Methodist church in Cobden. Those pastors actually moved here to Peoria. They transfer them here, and there is a church in the Peoria area. I exactly can't remember the name. It's a Methodist church, um, but uh, they started a Latino ministry. They started a Latino ministry out of. So, if you're familiar with any of the Methodist churches here in them, uh, they are good friends of ours. They actually translated our wedding uh, over in Champaign Urbana, and so they're really good friends of ours. And so we kind of have some connection here in this area. When we turned on the road for Chillicothe, we've had um, some people from Chillicothe. Come down to Sakatakis. So uh, we it's are really connected world. here. It's yeah. a small world. And a lot of that's just to say that God's doing something in our lives. You just have to say yes. That big world can get really small, but wherever you go, you got the family of God. Um, so why don't you explain real quick, what is it that we're doing with our church planning? What do we do in Sakatakis? Yeah, so Sakatakis is... Uh, in one of the oldest parts of Mexico, it was established in the uh, 1500s, late, late 1500s, 1500s, 1500s. Um, with silver mining, Spanish silver mining. And there's still silver mines that they're still pulling out, uh, silver and other minerals, obviously. That's what a lot of men in our community work in, yep. either agriculture or mining. And it's... Another fun fact about Zagatakis that makes it very different from central Illinois is that we live at 8,000 feet in elevation. So that's a lot different than we grew up. <laughs> yeah. uh, but we enjoy it. It makes the the weather very temperate, very mild. You know, it never gets too hot. And it doesn't get too cold. Um, so we've been church planting. We live, we've live. we been living in Mexico for nearly nine years now in Zagatakis, and we've been working on a church plant for the last nearly six six years. years. Yeah. So that church plant now, our goal in missions is to raise up local leaders and hand it off to them. Um, That's what we feel like God has led us to do. So we're getting to that stage where it's exciting and it's tension filled all at the same time (laughs) because, you know, we see people who are, who we've raised up, who we've invested in, 
and we feel like, okay, you're ready. And they're, you know, are you sure? Well, I have to be sure. You know, it's <laughs> kind of a back and forth thing, but it's an exciting time. And so as a church plant, they do things like youth group. They, um, Stephen's raised up people to do worship and do regular services twice a week. So I'm going to talk real quick about who we're actually uh, raised up as a senior leader to hand off to. So there's a gentleman by the name of Eduardo in our church, and he, uh, we were talking about it this morning, how he stumbled across coming to our church. Uh, the That photo, he's actually playing guitar uh, on the screen right now with our youth group. This was a youth retreat that we did, and it was cold because it had downpoured on us earlier that day, so we were soaking wet, trying to keep warm uh, under this little... Uh, little shelter thing. So um, Eduardo uh, came by our church on his way to work, and as the quick story of it was, he said, God, if you want me to start to follow you or know who you are, let the doors to this church still be open when I come back from work. I don't know exactly how long he had to go into work for, because it seems really short, especially if our services are about an hour. And in typical Latino and Mexico fashion, we were late. Um, So we started late. He comes back by, sees that the church doors are open. We're at the end of our service uh, doing ministry time, and they called people to come up uh, forward for prayer, and we're already in that stage. So he literally, like, walks in the door to the service and comes right up for ministry. Right, comes right up to me, and I'm like, okay, this is interesting. This is your first Sunday here, and you're late. You don't have any clue what's going on, but you come up for prayer. And I say, hey, what can I pray for you for? And he's like, well, you know, I just want to know God, and... Blah, 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 blah. He was nervous, but I think at the same time, it was kind of like he'd made this deal with God. And so at this point, he had to kind of do his part. Uh, so, yeah. so then I was like, well, hey, you know, um, since you're new here, I don't know if you go to church or not, but we were just getting started with Alpha. Um, and so we were doing Alpha in the church. And I said, hey, why don't you come back Thursday? Um, we're doing uh, this Alpha class. It'll be great. So he shows up. And I'm like, okay. And he just keeps showing up. And I'm like, this is interesting because there's not really any young men, you know, in uh, our church at this time. So I was like, he's connecting with these older ladies. That could be a little awkward. But he's he's enjoying it. He's got a lot of those alpha type questions, which is why we're doing alpha. It's a really good class. Um, So he was getting plugged in. Uh, He ended up getting saved through alpha. Uh, was one of our first people to get baptized at one of our Easter services. So in our first year, uh, completing our first year of having this church, he gets saved and baptized. And then we plug him in uh, with youth ministry because that's just what you do, you know. Uh, he was working with youth already, so it was a natural thing. It wasn't like we were doing something way out of his league. He had a need and we- – we had a need, and he had a passion, so it's one of those, can I do youth group? Yes. You know. Yeah. So then we just really plugged him in, and I've kind of been discipling him for the past five years, so we're really excited to see what God's been doing in his life and where the Lord is leading him to continue doing that work. Uh, and why do I think he'd be great at doing it? He's from there. He's got a passion for it. Uh, even just the first Sunday hearing him preach, I was jealous because – Mexicans hearing Mexicans, there's just a better connection. You know, you connect hearing with people that are like you. Um, not saying that it's bad if you're different. It's just it removes obstacles. I'll never be accepted as a local. I just am not. So that's just some neat ways that we see God uh, using and empowering them. Another thing we do that's separate from our church plants is we go once a month 
up in the mountains of Mexico to visit a very remote people group uh, called the Huichol, or their official name is Huirarica, which is a little harder to say. But <laughs> um, these people, it's in a different picture. Uh, the photo of like Yeah. The, yeah, that. So they still live in the way they have for centuries. They have their own, their traditional dress. They have uh, their own language that's completely different from Spanish. You know, as Navajo is to English, so is their language to Spanish. Completely different. Um, you can go ahead and click on a couple of those pictures, bud. So this is the uh, wife of the pastoring couple there. Her name is Lorena. And when we first moved to Mexico and started uh, going to visit our friends up in this village nearly nine years ago, I felt like I, I really like linguistics. I like learning new languages. I feel like God's given me a gift, you know, for that. And I thought, okay, God's going to help me learn their language. But uh, none of them read and write, so it's not like a textbook thing. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was hard, and I was disappointed. You know, like, okay, God, I... I thought I said yes to this. I thought you said yes to this, and what are we doing? And then one day, as I was giving a lesson up there, and I used Lorena to, I give it in Spanish, and she, she speaks both Spanish and their native language, and she translates for me. And in those seconds that I was waiting for her to translate what I had just said, I felt the Holy Spirit say, you're doing it. See? You're speaking their language. And, you know, it clicked for me, like, yes, with her mouth, <laughs> I speak in their language. You know, like, God just showing me, you, you expected me to do it one way, but I'm doing it, you know, my way. And I think that's kind of a bit of what we feel like for today with here in this church, that maybe God had called you to do something, and it's not exactly the way you planned it or expected it to be. God's always greater than our uh, plans. He always has more in store for us, and sometimes he likes to partner with us to use other people because out of your obedience and using that, uh, she raised up her and her husband yeah. are the, going to be the pastors of this church in this community that we've been working with. And it, that their church looks completely different than any other church we've ever been in because it's theirs that they've mm -hmm. taken the ownership for. But had we not acknowledged what God was doing in that moment, we would have completely missed it, and we would have been frustrated in trying to force something that maybe God wasn't exactly doing. Um, I'm going to share a quick story. Uh, can you click through? Let's see. What's Another next? fact about this people group is they do yes, still have one. their own religion they practice as well that involves like a medicine man, shaman type yep, Witch situation. doctors and so. that kind of thing. So uh, here you can see I'm holding uh, this little girl, and this little girl... I uh, was talking to her mom and kind of noticed that the baby was a little fussy. But when I walked over to start talking to her, the baby calmed down. And I was like, well, that's really curious. Uh, you know, just being a vineyard person, just thinking in both planes as natural and supernatural. And so I was like, what's going on here? So I kind of just strike up a conversation. How you doing? And the baby calmed down. And she goes, this is odd. I said, what? She said, well, my daughter uh, has been really fussy, not sleeping very good. She had a rash all over her body and was just really irritable. We're in the middle of the pandemic, so this was one of those trips where we weren't really doing a class. We had brought up some grocery bags to give to the people. And so um, I just have some downtime where I'm just talking 
with this mom and her baby. And she said she kind of was explaining more about the situation with her daughter. So come to find out, I, I said, what? when did this happen? What was going on and why kind of things? Follow up, kingdom praying, you know, praying like Jesus, praying like Jesus 101, kingdom healing 101, whatever the title that you use here. It, the five-step prayer model. What's going on? So she says, well, come to find out, my dad is a witch doctor. And I've been following Jesus. I've accepted Jesus, following Jesus, and I'm raising the, my daughter to she be was, a follower of Jesus. She was becoming disowned by her family. You know? So her father was actually cursing this daughter because she's afraid of that little girl. Yes, that is correct. She's They are afraid of this little girl because in the supernatural, she's already causing warfare against them. And so they are trying to use an assault. So I decided, let's counterattack. So I start talking, finding out a little bit more about it, and I just go into praying and obviously rebuking any of the spiritual uh, things that are going on there, rebuking the spirit of death, illness, uh, irritation, anything that's going on. Just covering her, protecting her, inviting the Holy Spirit, like any good vineyard pastor and empowered person should do, right? And so one month later, as I'm holding her, you can. there's another photo where she's pulling on my beard. Uh, she's completely healed. Yeah. That day, she said one month later when I'm holding her, her mom said later that night was the best night of sleep she'd slept her whole life um, because of the power of God just working in her life. You know, so we we just go through life seeing in the natural and knowing we have an answer that's supernatural. You know, we don't know what we're going to do, but God does. And a lot of times, you know, in ministry, it can be frustrating. Uh, it can be frustrating being a senior pastor and trying to give hope and promise to people when you feel like, I don't know where you're going to get a job. I don't know how you're going to do this, but I don't have to know. I can trust that God does because he's faithful and he can. Um so yeah, so that's just kind of a quick little story about what we do uh, and what we've seen God do with the Weechel. Um, and he's continually growing and transforming that. And our involvement there, it's becoming more and more encouraging that local church to continue uh, doing the ministry of Jesus and hopefully uh, reach a whole nation. Uh, the Weechel at large are largely unreached. Um, and so it takes people like um, Profilio and Lorena going and taking risks, uh, risks of getting beaten and risks of uh, losing their family and losing connections with people just for the name of Jesus. It doesn't sound like we're in Mexico, does it? It sounds like we might be in somewhere in the Middle East. But the hostility towards Jesus in the Huichol is very strong. Um, and we've heard some crazy stories about that. But we see God uh, winning the battle there and advancing his kingdom. So what are we doing in these other Latin American countries? As if there's not enough that we're already doing. We just try and keep busy, you know. Uh, in 2020, we started doing another project on Zoom. Uh, like I say, just because we were bored, I guess. No, yeah. Got well, a, the pandemic actually got worked out for us, and we said yes again. We are training pastors, vineyard pastors, all over Latin America, places like Bolivia, Peru, Cuba. Um, Venezuela. Yeah. Vineyard pastors in these countries where we're like, wow, we would probably never even be able to visit these places, but here we are on Zoom in their house. <laughs> um, training them in the discipleship making model, which is something that if you're familiar with Jim Egley and his ministry, they use in West Africa. And so that's a way of helping people start discovery Bible groups, 
start um, by meeting Jesus from seeing seeing him in the Bible. So that involves a lot of house church type methods so that they can grow these groups and then multiply them, you know, and find new disciples for Jesus. Yeah, and it's exciting because uh, on a national level in the vineyard here in America, it is the recognized way of how to do church planting and church startup. Uh, because the methods that they do, although it's not organically or naturally from the vineyard, uh, they just do a lot of the same stuff that we do. So we've been partnering with them, and it's really neat to see what God's doing. Uh, even here in America, there's a lot of groups that we've been partnered and coaching with uh, that are starting all over America, and now globally working in remote parts of Africa, remote remote parts of Latin America. And it's just exciting to see, especially in countries like Venezuela or Cuba, that despite what you see in the news, seeing what God's doing. Uh, I'll never forget, you might remember back in summer when there's riots going on in Cuba, I messaged uh, via a messaging app that he's able to contact me with and said, hey, what's going on? How can we pray for you? And having that in the moment uh, prayer requests being sent to me and able to communicate, technology it makes so much more options available. Uh, the pandemic, you know, is an opportunity. In the natural, when you see that it's not going the way you expect it, ask God, where are you at and how can I partner with you? Because it's such an amazing thing you can do. There's so much more that God's not limited in when you partner with him. So, actually speaking of partnering, uh, how can you partner with us? So, we do want to thank you guys for um, starting uh, giving to us on a regular basis. We definitely appreciate that because uh, our operational costs, as you can imagine, are based on what we receive monthly, uh, be it churches or be it individuals. And majority of our giving is from individuals like you. Um, so if you're interested in doing that or if you hear God saying, I want you to partner with them, that's what we're inviting you to do. We're not saying, hey, everyone should be involved in this. Sure, everyone should be if that's what God's called you to do. So we want to invite you to ask God, hey, is this something that I'm supposed to partner with? And if not, that's okay. We can still be friends. You can still pray for us. You can still be involved uh, in the supernatural because, as you can see, we're coming up against a lot of stuff. Um, and also, uh, you can also sign up to get um, a newsletter that we have. We send out email um, pretty regularly. We promise not to spam you or anything like that. Just uh, once a month. We're just trying to keep people up to date. We're on Facebook. Uh, Instagram and that kind of thing. So if you'd like more information, uh, check us out. We I'm have gonna an gonna try and get card. at least each family one of these little cards that has our contact stuff on the back. And there's a Facebook group called Prayer for the Prices, where if we have something like going on right now, I'll put it on Facebook. Please pray for this. So yeah. all that information, I'll try and get. And you. if you're online, if you can stop by, we'll leave a couple of these extra here uh, in the church, so you can stop by sometime in the middle of the week if you'd like to pick one up as well. Um. And yeah, so to kind of just close out, the verse that I felt um, the Lord was really speaking to us about is out of 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, verse 9. It was actually the verse that I used in that little Methodist Latino church uh, with Lily and Adrian Garcia um, to propose to you. So it was our verse that the Lord had showed us and put on our hearts, and that Mm-hmm. First, First Corinthians two nine. Yeah, I don't have it memorized. I should, you know, have there most of it. you go. But it's written <laughs> things which I saw and ear not heard, or heard not, 
and which entered not into the heart of man, whoever's whatsoever things God prepared for them that love him. Uh, and essentially, you know, what we haven't seen, what we haven't heard, things that we can't even imagine, God has in store for those who love him. Um, and what that really is trying to get at is God has so much in store for you. Things that you, beyond your imagination, beyond what you even thought was possible. You may say, well, uh, you know what, I messed up this call. I, I, I thought God was going to use me in this ministry or in that, and it didn't happen. It didn't happen that way, or I was discouraged, or oftentimes, sin. We just say, I thought I messed it up because of sin in my life. Mm. And I feel like the Lord's saying to you this morning, no. Yeah. You don't disqualify yourself. I called you. I qualify you. I think he's always giving us another opportunity to say yes to him again. You know, I don't think he ever takes that opportunity away for us to, to say yes again. And I know for sure, um, just knowing Matt and Brittany over the years and praying for them and talking to the Lord this morning um, about them. Uh they had prayed hard in North Carolina. They had thought that's where God was going to have you guys. Uh, they thought they were going to take over a church plant there. They may have even thought about starting a new church plant um, and thought that's what God had on their life. And yet they're here in Peoria, Illinois, which probably was not part of their five-year or ten-year plan. But you know what? That's God's plan. Yeah. And this morning I was thinking there's a book um, by the guy that uh, – forget the name of the church, but Craig Rochelle, he has the book, Winning the Battle in Your Mind. And there's a whole chapter in there dedicated, I recommend the book highly, um, when we don't get the answer, when God doesn't answer what we've been praying for, sometimes we look back on our lives and reflect and go, that was not at all what I was hoping for. That was not exactly what I was expecting. But the reality is, if God had given us what we had prayed for, it probably would not have been for our benefit. And wouldn't so, have been what we wanted anyway. So, and so yeah. sometimes we just have to ask God, what is it that you're doing? You know, kind of like I did throughout my life was more like, all right, God, you just direct me. You send the people I need and I will go wherever you send me to go. Um, even if it wasn't something I wanted to do. I didn't want to be a missionary. I remember the first time I heard the Lord say, you're going to be a missionary. That freaked, freaked me out. Uh, and then I met my wife and God said, this is the family I promised you. I said, okay. You know, and so with Matt and Brittany, it's something I feel the Lord saying on you guys. This is probably not what you had planned, but you're seeing and you will see the reasons why. And I really think that's the same, that God's got huge plans for Peoria, Illinois, um, especially for this vineyard. I'm really excited to see what God's going to be doing here and that we're partnering with you. We're praying for you. We're cheering for you, even from a little place in Zacatecas. Mexico, that God's going to do great things and has great things in store for you. So let me pray to close. Lord, we just thank you and praise you for today. We thank you that you have great things in store for Peoria and for Mexico. And God, we invite you to move in our lives. Holy Spirit, that as we go into this moment of worship, um, that we would connect with you and that you stir our hearts, stir passions and desires, Lord, that we would be able to hear your voice again. I just speak against any any darkness or any muffled ears that says, nope, that's not true. We just rebuke that lie right now in Jesus' name. We take captive every thought before the name of Jesus that you would reign here, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, guys.